Hello and welcome back to the Lamplighter Way. We are back in the studio with the one and only Brandon Lane. Hello. Good to have you. I'm here too. And Kevin Blair, <laughs> my partner in crime. It is the highlight. I'm here, Brandon. guys. Yeah. Say less. I know it's tough for you, Kev. Don't worry. It's just one time, dude. It'll go back to you next time. Just, give me the mic. Uh, so yeah, today's topic is going to be uh, unexpected leadership. And we're going to get into, tease you guys a little bit. We're not going to get into all the points up front, but we have three points today. We like to do three points. I don't know if you've seen the pattern there for uh, the five people who listen to us on a weekly basis. But uh, what you what we alluded to a little bit in the last session with Brandon, and I'd like to go a little deeper, is Brandon, you were a quarterback in high school. and In college. You were above average. You weren't. You were you weren't an Uncle Rico like you 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 could you can't sling the start, ball. Uncle Rico is such an old Uncle term. Rico. You have, you have to make sure you tell people who Uncle Rico valid is. point. So Uncle Rico was Napoleon Dynamite's uncle, and uh, you know he's famous for the line, "I could throw the football over those mountains over there." <laughs> I could throw the football a quarter mile. So I don't know if that's widely famous, but we'll give it to you. It, it is. Just don't show your. <laughs> the movie to your seven and 10 year old, when you have them, they're not going to be ready at that age. Uh, a friend told <laughs> me that. Movie. So, yeah. So jumping into it though, the reluctant leader, right? You, your story share, shared with us. I'd love to have you get to share that story for the audience on you were, I don't want to say catapulted, but there were some things you did to realize physical success in your skill set, And that pushed you into leadership. So you were a leader, but there were things to learn along the way. Uh, you know, so, so to set it up, tell us a little bit about football, your quarterback. There were some things about that role where you had success that came naturally to you, but then there were some things that didn't come naturally. And, and pretty much you were telling us you, you fought those things. Mm-hmm. So let's start there and then we'll get into a little bit how that translated into, you know, the brand and we know here and today. Yes. Work with. Okay. So, you know, I became a leader by action at a young age because of my dad, you know, he really pushed me in sports to excel. Um, and he was really hard on me when I did not perform up to his standards. So, you know, when I started playing football, my first year at eight, uh, I wasn't very good. Put me, told me to get a tire and wrap it around my, you know, <laughs> hips and just run sprints. And, you know, we had, he had, a, we were on an acre. So I was running hundred yard sprints, you know, at eight years old, by the time I was nine, you know, I was, you know, pretty decent player in all sports. Um, so with that, you know, come to high school, come to college, um, you take on this position of playing quarterback and it comes with that leadership role that, yeah, I, I was not ready for because I could not, I did not want to take on the responsibility, especially when we lost. I could not bring people together. Um, I was not very outspoken. I was very critical of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if they weren't playing up to now what I thought were my dad's standards, my standards at that time. Um, so, I wanted to avoid that at all costs because if we lost, you know, that, that meant a lot of rejection for me. And I did not like to lose because of that. I did not want to feel less than someone else. So my biggest thing was I wanted to win. I needed to be everybody. Um, and that was my level of success that I wanted to maintain, but it also, you know, protected me from any type of backlash that I would, that potentially I could receive if we did lose. Um, yeah, so that's right. kind of where it started. And you're spotlighted by default being a quarterback. People naturally are going to look at the quarterback and expect them to be a leader, whether they want to or not. And so it sounds like, you know, 
kind of passive leadership, but through action, like your action was there, but maybe you said, you know, earlier it wasn't as vocal, um, from an encouraging standpoint or, uh, a relational standpoint. Yeah, exactly. And in high school, great team, you know, we did okay. And, but in college, completely different story. Other side of the co- other side of the coin, I went the junior college routes because uh, I wanted to play at a, at a D1 level. Uh, I thought I could, so I wanted to go the Aaron Rodgers route. He went JUCO and obviously went to Cal, but my attributes are not like him. So <laughs> he's uh, he's for sure the prototypical quarterback. Anyway, so getting to college, you know, we just were not that good. You know, our line just crap. And I, I just I did not have the level of success that I expected to have. I was used to having. Um, but with right. that, you know, once we started losing all those things I was talking about, that rejection, I, I could not bring people together. I could not rally the team forward and say, hey, we need to keep working at this. I could do that now, right. but I couldn't do it at that time because I, I was just I always felt, hey, it's my responsibility that we're losing. And I could not own that. So, yeah. yeah, from that standpoint, though, that's good that there was passion there. Yeah. But what's cool, it, it's going to be fun to hear the second half of that story because it doesn't always end up that way. But what I hear is you're in a position of influence. Mm-hmm. You, some of those things had come easily enough through high school that there was entitlement around that, which isn't uncommon, you know, for our audience, for, for athletes who've reached a, what I would call an exceptional level of success mm-hmm. within their pond, you know, especially when you're a quarterback, tell us a little bit about, you know, you had mentioned this. And so we've put this in our notes as well. I thought it was a great concept to uh, correlate with, but you know, you felt entitlement in these ways. What, what was that like? And then how did that start shifting where you're like, okay, go from entitlement to like, this isn't as easy as it used to be. Yeah. So I think my success, you know, in high school, it set unrealistic expectations moving forward in life. And those were things I had to learn, you know, in college. Uh, thankfully I still got the attention as I did in sure. high school, but yeah. we just sucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> fast forward though, moving back, uh, to my hometown and got into real estate carried that same type of entitlement or prima donna yeah. syndrome as i like to call it yeah. and once i moved though i uh, came to dallas was no longer i guess a big fish in a small pond i was a very small fish in a very huge pond and i had to i had to strip that identity away yeah. because it caused me to lose out on so many opportunities yeah. where i did not fulfill my potential of what i thought i could as an athlete mm-hmm. you know i could have worked harder i could have been a better leader i could have done so many things differently uh, however, you know, now because of this transition, I now see it, everything has come in full circle where I now understand that. So that transition, not everybody, not everybody gets out on the other side and sees that, or even if they feel it, right? Like what I hear is frustration and this isn't as coming as easily as it used to. Tell us just a little bit about that middle ground time. Okay. So your, your past college, whether it's starting in El Paso or you're, you've moved to Dallas now and you know, you're trying to figure these things out, you know, for our audience, for somebody who may be going through the same thing. What does that journey look like? Did you, could you only do that yourself or, or, you know, was there a circle of friends around you or, you know, what does that look like for you? Cause obviously you went through that change. So to me, this is a super vital part of, you know, medicine or help for others who may be going through the same thing. Yeah. I've always been blessed with having a great uh, support system. You know, number one, my mom and then mentors along the way, uh, my partner, you know, uh, she saw me going through it a lot, but she always just gave me the space to really understand what needed to get done so I can learn how to persevere. And, you know, this is all about an athlete, but you really have to take on a warrior mentality. 
and we're going to battle every day, whether it's with ourselves or other people. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I had to go through a battle for probably one or two years of just feeling empty, having zero purpose. Um, because things were not coming easy to me. I actually had to go out and work and work and work. And that's really what has pushed that tire, right? Exactly. And I, that's, what's led to the transformation where now I'm like, you know what, even though, yes, there's some level of success, you got to keep working this mm -hmm. stuff. It, it can go away at any time. Mm -hmm. And I've, I know that I've had that loss, things like that. So now it pushes me to be like, okay, it's another day. Get to work. doesn't matter how great you're doing. Yeah. Cause success can definitely mask vulnerabilities. And I've experienced yes. that myself. You know, I think it's the same way for everybody in, in business. Um, also their family relationships, you mm -hmm. know, things can be going well. You can go through the motions and going through the motions may even mean that it's actually pretty good. Yeah. But you almost, when you reflect on it and you, and you get the understanding that you had, you learned that it was selfish and it was selfish because you weren't giving or reaching your maximum potential that that you could actually have a, an impact on somebody else even further than what you had. And we don't feel that because it doesn't feel like a loss mm -hmm. because it, it doesn't feel negative. It actually feels like it, it's the, it's a different direction. So you're just, you're not taking ownership and I'm speaking out loud about myself because I've been there too. Um, but it takes that point in time that Ryan was talking about to self-reflect, humble yourself. Like you said, strip your identity of what that was and start over. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Take inventory. Uh, I love to, again, one of the main points of, of sharing this journey for you and why I think it correlates with, you know, the listener is you really want to have the mind of an athlete, how you're approaching your goal. So you don't have to be good at football or, or tennis or, you know, the skill set that may come naturally to you it doesn't have to be a sport, but the takeaway for athletes. And the reason this is important is Brandon just shared some gold, which was, Hey, I wasn't always feeling it. But then at some point I realized, how did I get good at that thing? And it was time spent doing stuff that the world may perceive as boring or like, okay, that might be fun for a day because it's new, but now it's not unique. So I don't, I don't want to pick up and do it again when I'm not feeling like it. So I see that like your muscles are trained for it. The reason that translates well into your future ventures is because again, for us, it means we're going to take care with great detail, our clients, regardless of how we're feeling in that given moment. And you have to be able to do that. Your muscles have to be trained for it because this is highly stressful for, uh, you know, the folks that we're working with. It's mm -hmm. not what they do every day. Then also connecting going forward and wrapping up our conversation today. Uh, you know, this story resonates with Kevin and I greatly, but now, you know, you're on the other side of that. So for the audience, what does that look like? Is it again, you know, now you're with our group and obviously we have bonds here, but what do your days look like? What do your weeks look like? How are you getting your cup filled where Brandon now is living more in, you know, in front of himself in the light, so to speak, you know, use those terms. What does that look like? Yeah. I think I learned uh, a lot of different foundational principles that allow me to be fulfilled. Uh, so whatever those things that bring me the most joy and have peace of mind, um, it's always great to go back to that, especially when we're dealing with a lot of challenges and stress on a daily basis. So now it's just making sure that, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm doing those things and then I get to work. That's, it's really that simple. Yeah. And you put in relationships first now. Uh, yeah. I think that's a big takeaway that I've learned from you is in this journey is it was more, um, introverted. Mm -hmm. Like you were looking for yourself, you know, which is great because you were able to be an accomplished athlete, but you could have been so much more and you are so much more now because you're outwardly focused on other people 
that team mentality. Yeah. Making sure your team's taken care of. It's all about connection, you know, and, and being in a culture that's going to bring the most out of you. That's, that's the best type yeah. of cult. That's the culture I want to be in. And that's the best type of leader. I thought you were about to say cult. Um, but, uh, <laughs> eventually <laughs> it feels like it. Jeez. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Just for wait till the rituals that. later. Yes. Uh, yeah. So to tie this in perfectly well, because everyone is so aware of Napoleon dynamite, you didn't continue. <laughs> not, you didn't continue to be Uncle Rico sitting there. <laughs> I never wanted to be Uncle videotaping Rico. himself. Uh, <laughs> so you, yeah, you can get past yourself despite yourself. But uh, again, I, this this session, the title, unexpected leadership, the reluctant leader. Yeah, hopefully, th- this is encouragement for anybody listening. It doesn't. We're definitely none of us are the guys that want to get, go get up on the mountaintop and be like you know, look at me, I'm perfect, far from it. Like perfect doesn't live here, but more like, Hey, really. And I see it as like God kind of pushing you into leadership and you're kind of, I mean, there's biblical characters who have gone through this exact exact same thing. I think of David. I was thinking David too. Yeah. And so that's relatable. Like wherever you're at in your life, you can, you can do this. And again, like, you know, Kevin always says, you know, we're here as a resource. We are by no means perfect, but we're willing to we always want to share and talk and, and grow. And so yeah. Napoleon diamond came out in 2004, by the way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I'm 63 years old. So, but yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll continue to put these out, uh, for our five listeners, but, uh, always enjoy Brandon's perspective. And again, Brandon, uh, if you wouldn't mind, share your information for the audience, for those that are getting to know you. Yeah. Well, he, you're paired up, so you know you can slide into the DMs. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Hashtag uh, Insta good. Phone number is 915-401-6605. And my email is brandon.laneatcompass.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon.